Hello and welcome to the North American Guitars Talking Guitar Podcast. I'm your host, Ben, and in today's session, we catch up with the wonderful Rosie from Turnstone Guitars. Rosie and I chat about the importance of guitar shows and the effect that COVID-19 has had on them. We also chat about uh, the expansion of her workshop, um, some absolutely beautiful instruments that uh, she is building for us very soon that will be coming into the TNAG showroom, uh, including a TG All English, which we're really excited about. And lastly, we talked about her wish list of uh, artists that she'd love playing her guitars. We hope you enjoy this. Thanks. How have you been? I've been fine. I've been fine. So I just wanted to say thanks so much for stopping in and having a chat with us. I know you're very no big. problem. It's no uh, problem. It's a pleasure. Yeah, it's no. It's, it's a it's a weird one. I, I'm, I've been sort of checking in with a bunch of luthiers and seeing how they are and how they're coping with the whole uh, COVID nineteen and yeah might be having on workflow and stuff i just did a great i did a great chat with jason which we're publishing today and um yeah there seems to be and, and i did one with grit as well there seems to be uh, a running theme with with luthiers that are able to um still able to get into work if, if their work if they can drive to work or if their if their workspace is isolated and um yeah just uh really being able to, to to hunker down and just and just sort of crack on with what you're doing um, yeah it's quite unusual actually because normally you're preparing for a show and obviously I was preparing for the holy grail but with that not happening it's kind of like okay well I'll just get on with my my next batch of builds and because you know you don't have any visitors coming around or anything it has been pretty mm. nice just to kind of been solely concentrating just on your job <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, and, and so, so how how you how you find it? It's such a shame about the the Holy Grail guitar show. Yeah, but I did think the Holy Couch uh, idea was really good. I think it went down quite well. I think uh, they set up a Facebook book group, and everybody was promoting it, and everybody did their own little thing, be it like a live chat, or I did like a pre-recorded film, like setting up my table in a workshop, yeah. pretending like it was a, a guitar stand, like you would come up and see at a show. So we just uh, pre-recorded that and put that up, and that got seen by everybody on my my social media channels. So kind of exposure-wise, I guess. Obviously, it kind of doesn't replace people being there in the flesh but it kind of given the situation at least it, it, it kind of enables a bit of exposure and all that yeah and no, it was very clever I, I had a long chat with Tanya just as they were um as they were sort of organizing it um and um I mean just a credit to you know how wonderful and how hard Tanya and Michael work and everybody in the EG yeah. but the, the, the pressure of that um not going ahead uh, must have been really quite intense. So um, they did such an amazing job. Super proud of them to yeah. uh, pull, pull that off in such yeah. a time. Um, but it, it also just goes to show how, uh, and it'll be really interesting coming out of this pandemic, um, just how important the shows are. You mm. know, just how important um, that being able to, to, to speak face to face with a luthier that you, you might only see online or, or, or you might uh, be any first time you'll be able to hold one of their guitars, um, you know, in, in mm. person. I had, a yeah. I had a customer, funnily enough, of Jason's that reached out and just said, you know, I've, I'm so sad to not get to A, meet you, but B, 
play one of your beautiful instruments um, and I'm really hoping to do that at the Holy Grail so I think that there will naturally be a surge in um, in, in demand for when we finally get back to normality uh, and people wanting to come to shows and stuff and it's such a great yeah. also I guess for you it's such a great way to be able to showcase anything new that you've been working on or different you know or any um, materials that you've been working on that, that, that you feel of showcasing your instruments in a in a better light or or a, a new light um yeah so there, i think there'll be a real surge for for shows again when we, when we come mm. out definitely i don't think anything can really replace guitars being in people's hands i mean i think the internet is superb as far as kind of people getting to see meet and see videos and see close-up pictures but you know when it comes to a guitar it's really kind of the connection that the player has with the instrument and you just can't really replace that. You can see demos, you can see other people playing them, but to actually just get it in your hands is I think kind of when you just know whether something's gonna work for, for you. So yeah, I, I, think, I think it will, we will, I don't think we'll ever say goodbye to shows as much as kind of the internet and technology can replace quite a lot of face-to-face -face interaction, but I think, I think shows definitely will still have their place. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I do think that with, the way that the world you know us having a zoom call now um and i'm seem to spend most of my time on these things now it's, it's amazing yeah. um, but uh you know i think that this the customer is so well protected now um with with you know whether they're paying however they're paying whether you know online of our card or of our paper they're so well protected that there is that sense of security that you can see an instrument online you can hear it you can hold it in your hands within a very quick period of time sorry that's my email i'll just turn it off so it doesn't disturb us anymore um you know but um what is um what is really interesting is i think that you're when it comes to a bespoke built instrument um and there is always that sort of element of uncertainty isn't there of, of, mm -hmm. You know, I've watched a thousand videos and I've looked at a thousand, you know, images, but I haven't actually held one in my hand yet. So there's always that leap of faith, which is, I guess, one of the most beautiful things about what you do uh, mm -hmm. as a luthier, creating an instrument for somebody. There's obviously always going to be a little bit of uncertainty when they when they receive the guitar, but your job is, and and in a way, our job is kind of to mitigate that by um, trying to inform them and keep them. Um, you know, get get exactly what they're looking for throughout the whole build. Yep. So when they get to that final, I've got it in my hands. It's every it fulfills every expectation. Exactly. And I imagine for 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 a luthier, there must be that sense of oh, I hope they like it when it, when it, when, it, when it ships out. I've got to yeah. like it. Yeah, for sure. Like when I when I give instruments to some people, you're literally just looking at them right there saying, you know, what do you think of it? What do you like? And obviously, you know, kind of realistically, they need to go away and assess it. But in that instant, you're just like, what do you think? Do you like it? Can you tell me everything that you're thinking right now in this moment? Um, <laughs> so is, are there ever, when, when building, are there, are there ever any moments uh, during the very intense process that, that the building is that, you are that might have not even a struggle, but might you might have been ch a challenging aspect of the build. That when you deliver the guitar, that you you think to yourself, "Oh, I hope they like that bit," or "I hope that that fits in with their needs." 
Um, I guess like when you go out and do something unusual aesthetically, that's when you're a bit like, has it met their expectations? What have I understood what they communicated to me? And to a certain degree, it is collaboration. So they may give me an idea, for example, for an inlay, and then I'll go back and kind of take my own spin on it rather than just kind of be given a design per se. I like to kind of give, be involved in that. So I guess there is that, there's always that toing and froing and the relationship that develops, whether, you know, you're understanding how they communicate, whether you're understanding and, um, you know, kind of what they're saying, whether you're, you're kind of relaying that back and producing exactly what they are expecting. So there's always that uncertainty that you haven't got that quite right. But I guess the more that you work with people and you understand different kind of the, the, the ways that people communicate and all that kind of thing that you start to kind of say, okay, I'm, I'm understanding that. So it gets a bit less and less kind of unsure as mm. to whether, you, whether you're doing the right thing or not. But obviously there always is that, that kind of that question in your mind as far as aesthetics and, uh, and then you're moving on to to tone which is a whole kind of different perspective yeah. but yeah it is all there's always kind of obviously there is that uncertainty that it isn't gonna gonna match what they they hope but you kind of hope with your experience and your your understanding of what they're saying to you that you're doing the best that you possibly can and and um fingers crossed really but yeah and also that and that's part of the love of it isn't it when someone receives a guitar that they've worked so closely with with you on when the guitar arrives, it, it, the, the image that they have in their mind has is, 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 is been materialised and it's there. And so there must be, uh, on the flip side to that, there must be this elation of, oh my God, it's better than I thought it was going to be. Or, oh, that's just yeah. absolutely spot on. Um, that's, that's and that's, that's exactly what I want to do. That is kind of that moment when they open it and they realise, you know, it's, it is hopefully something more than they expected. That That's kind of the ultimate goal really with 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 all of the custom orders mm. and and <clears throat> something that's been um popping up recently uh for for us um with chatting to to, to our luthiers um that we represent is, is the spec guitar obviously we we order we've got a couple of spec guitars which we're going to talk about in in a bit mm. um and the fun side of, of that is uh talking again with jason and also with rory that that's the moment, you know, we say, okay, we want this top, we want this back and sides, and we want, you know, these ergonomic features, whatever. Um, but there's this element of freedom for a luthier where they can go, yeah, I'm going to push it here a little bit, or I'm going yeah. to, down to a rosette, it could be, or whatever. Um, yeah. So I guess that whilst it's awesome for you to have your, your those those custom builds you know uh, and, the, and the relationship you build with your with your customers it must be nice to have a little bit of freedom when you're creating a spec instrument for you know for a for showroom for example or for a show yeah it's especially exciting when you kind of have that that moment where i mean one as an example well whether it happens or not but for example nam i usually try to to do something completely um different and unusual so i'm starting to think about that obviously we, we don't know whether it's potentially going to go ahead but that is the perfect example where i'm just like can i would just want to do something slightly different either like with using woods that i haven't used before or kind of just tweaking my designs i mean as i build my guitars i'm always thinking like what can i do to refine certain things 
um, questioning kind of what there could be to uh, improve structurally and all the kind of different elements of the build. So it is actually when it comes to um, the spec guitars, when you, you have a bit more freedom, because like we were saying before, there is um, there's expectation with the customer builds, you know, they need to be right, they need to fulfill um, expectation there. But with spec guitars, you just have a bit more freedom to in the back of your mind to know that you can take a few more risks because there isn't somebody there waiting to open up that case as soon as it's done. So, yeah, definitely. And, and what's interesting, just, just mentioning the kind of processes, uh, I guess that is the biggest obst obstacle, isn't it? You know, when you're, when you're building, like how can I, how can I refine this process so that I can a, make it better I can make it more efficient you know might not necessarily mean I'm going to make it quicker but you know how do I so I guess that the spec guitars give you a little bit more freedom to look at your processes as a whole um, <laughs> and uh, and refine them a little bit yeah I mean I, I would say as far as the the processes go I think I'm doing that all the time even with the the customer builds probably waiting for the next like if if I encounter what do you generally find is if you continue to encounter something that you're thinking okay this is this is not an efficient way of doing it or this is overly complicated once you start doing it over and over again you start thinking okay right now I need to come up with a solution but quite often so finding out the solution and implementing it can take considerable amount amount of time so you kind of have to weigh up well can I spend the time refining this process or do I just need to kind of get on and know that that needs to come at a certain point so you're constantly thinking about all of those processes and if there's ways that you can improve um, kind of just an ongoing process I think it will probably go on for as long as I'm doing this yeah of course of course that's uh, that's part of the joy isn't it you're, you're constantly you know refining and getting better and better and better um, so and so, um, you just when you spoke the other day, you were telling me that you've um, actually expanding your shop a little bit. You've just taken another space. Yeah. So so just tell me a little bit about that. So yeah, so the the place that I'm located, I actually started in a smaller workshop um, just next door to me. It's kind of like a four by four point five meter. And that was kind of all I needed when I first started out. And then um, from then they developed more units around me. And there was a bigger one next door, which is about six by four. And some people came and went from that unit while I was still in the smaller one. So I moved into the bigger unit, um, leaving the smaller one behind. And now other people have kind of been coming and going from the other unit that I left. And that one opened up again. And it kind of just seemed like I was getting it to the point in my current workshop, like I was in the smaller one when I kind of realized that I had to move that everything. Aluthia can fill a space really easily. Like you can just, you know, blink and the, suddenly everything is already here. So it's, it was getting to that stage definitely again. And also um, because we've been doing our own spraying for the past couple of years, we've had to, we were renting a spray booth from a furniture maker about 20 minutes away, mm -hmm. which has been a great opportunity because it's given us the, the possibility of even doing spraying in a, in a safe environment. But anybody that knows kind of the spraying process knows that it's not ideal to have to be traveling 20 minutes, yeah. put on a coat, another coat, leave, like, and then having to pick up the guitars because there were other people there. So it just kind of wasn't really a long-term sustainable solution 
location. So we were looking potentially of moving to a completely new new place, but with that obviously comes the great expense and the time out of the workshop from you know moving everything. So it kind of just when the the one next to me came up again, it was kind of just a bit like, well, this is the maybe the perfect time that this is the solution that I just expand back into where I was before. We build a spray shop there, also give me a bit more room for um, like. So we're going to basically the room that I'm in at the moment is going to be, become a machine room. The room next to me is going to become a hand room and a spray room. Um, we can actually extend out because it's kind of a corridor which which um, joins the, those two together. So we can kind of move into that space as well. The landlord said that we could do that. So we can kind of get a lot more space without too much upheaval, really. So Great. it's um, it's still a fair amount. Mm. Sorry, go on. Oh well, I was just even then. It's still a fair amount of work. Like this weekend, we're going to be building up a new spray booth uh, that we've just ordered, and putting up walls and doors and things <laughs> that I had no idea how to do. But like with anything, you just give it a go and see what happens. <laughs> I was just about to say, yeah. And, and aside from uh, you know setting it all up, just think of all that petrol you're going to be saving going back and forth all the time. It's true, yeah. You, when you think <laughs> in, in the cost of it, it was it was quite ridiculous, really. But like I say, we wouldn't have been able to even like get into spray finishing if if we weren't for that. But yeah, it's going to save a fair bit of time and money. And that and that is something that I hear all the time. Finishing finishing is is such a big issue for so many luthiers that don't do it. Yeah. To rely on somebody else and then you go into like a queue if you've got a very popular um you know sprayer that, that, that finisher rather that is um you know used by a lot of people then he's a very busy guy and then there's there's a backlog and your guitars yeah a while to get delivered and that can create delays and so to be able to be a one-stop shop and do it yourself that's gonna oh, i know you're doing it already but it's gonna mm. be amazing for you yeah i mean ever since we because i originally sent it out sent my guitars out and I knew pretty quickly that it was something that I that we needed to do. And I haven't looked back. It's one of those things where you think, oh, did I totally made the right decision and don't regret a single moment of us taking it in house. So very thankful that we can we can do it. <laughs> uh, and so um, <clears throat> and and Carl is uh, your husband is um, apart from being a bit of a legend is uh, he's also doing um, he's doing a lot of he's doing all the spraying himself, right? Or are you doing it as well? Yes. No, no. So that's that's kind of his remit. I've kind of, I I initially did um, well. I did a spray course way back when, so I kind of knew about guns and about booths and all that kind of stuff. But from the outset, we kind of agreed that as he started to get more involved with the business, that we would have kind of our areas of special specialism, as it were, and, and spray finishing was going to be his. And yeah, he's uh, he's got to grips with it really well and. Um, we're, we're getting really, really good results. So he's, uh, he's doing a good job, although he at the moment, so he'll spray and then we both kind of, it's kind of boring, but the process in between, like you, you lay down coats, you flat it. So we normally both flat it together and then he'll spray and then I'll flat and take it up to the, the high shine or, or whatever the finish may be. So it's a team effort, but he's, he's definitely the spray master as it were. <laughs> um, and so to talk about a couple of guitars that we've got, coming in uh, which was mm. uh, going back and forth we discussed them at NAMM and um, we are going for the TM uh, in Coca Bola the yep. first first Coca Bola guitar we bought in from you 
Yes, very That's... excited about that one. Yeah, have you, have you made many kokobodo instruments? Yeah, I was thinking this morning, it's actually, I think it's the, the, the most number of rosewood guitars with, sorry, the Dalbergia kind of um, family species. It's actually the most number of guitars that I've built using Coco Bolo. So I kind of, I feel pretty confident in knowing what I can do with it. And um, I think we're combining that with some moon spruce, which will be pretty nice. Um, TM cutaway. Uh, so yeah, I'm really excited about uh, about what we can do with that, and I'm kind of thinking at the moment what we're going to do from an aesthetic sense. Because um, one thing that I've done previously with Coco Bolo guitars is um, incorporated what's uh, what's called satin wood, which has kind of got a really nice gold. Because the red, the really like warm, vibrant red of the Coco Bolo really suits kind of a gold complement mm -hmm. so what that could be in the sense of so about maybe with the binding having what i like to do is use the same wood on the binding as i do on the back and sides so maybe using cocoa bolo binding but with a nice thick strip of satin so a nice strip of gold going in between the two i think could, nice. uh, will look really smart but then maybe on the rosette using uh, some kind of gold goldy burr so yeah, that's that's been the uh, going through my mind the last couple of days the creative juices are, are pumping right there you know, you know, yeah that's great <laughs> exactly. well, you can you can you know the, like we were just discussing the beautiful thing about this having a building a spec guitar for us is just go for it do what you do yeah. what you think you know what you think is gonna it's gonna really stand out um and uh, do you have in mind because uh, obviously we know how you, you you voice a lot of your instruments with the tantalon so you do you have any yeah you're going to use there for is there, is so, there a word that you go for when you do with coco bolo yeah so with coco bolo because generally the characteristic of coco bolo is that huge kind of ringing tonal overtones that you don't really need to do any more with that so for example um with something that i feel maybe does need a bit more ring then i might use i think what you spoke about before like using something like paduk mm -hmm. um but with the coco bolo i kind of want to get more of that dry woody uh, through the, using something like mahogany for the uh, the back and sides because coco bolo is quite heavy as well you kind of have to consider well yeah. i want to use a wood that's um, for bracing that's relatively yeah. light because i don't want that guitar to kind of be getting any heavier than it needs to be um, but equally all the ringing is is there through the coco bolo that let's bring in the el the element of kind of woody clarity which you get through something like mahogany like a, a, the characteristic of a, a mahogany guitar is generally kind of a bit drier a bit yeah. quicker so bring in that element of the tantalons for the back for for coco bolo guitars i generally have done in the past uh, i can't wait i just cannot wait and, and, and the, t the tm sorry forgive me if my chair is very creaky it keeps <laughs> lots of uh, no, I'm, a, I'm such a big fan well, of all your guitars but the, the tm model is definitely uh, definitely one that i'm looking forward to getting my hands on um and then we've got a, a tg um which yes. an all english tg Yes, I thought I thought I'd go there with you uh, for yeah. this one. So this is, yeah, yeah. and it's, but it, it it's so the ancient bog oak is or my E series guitar, which is like every wooden component being made out of English wood, is one of the most popular choices. Uh, so I'm pretty again like with the Coco Bolo, I'm kind of confident of what I can do with that in the TG model, combining it with English Western Red Cedar soundboard. I think a sycamore neck we went for. So yeah, I built that guitar 
a fair number of times, pretty confident about what it can do and um, how it looks as well. So um, that's, yeah, excited about that one too. Yeah, I'm really excited about that one. And, I, and I've been, um, I did love you had uh, Michael playing some, doing some beautiful pieces on uh, for the Holy Couch guitar show. I thought that was awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Forgive me, the phone's going. Um, no worries. It's just a beautiful, um, yeah, beautifully played. Sorry, one second. That's all right. <laughs> We're in an office. Hold it's on. it's all right. It's live. It's. Oh, it's I'm sure we can edit that out. Don't worry. Yeah, yeah, no, it'll be seamless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, no, I thought, as always, I mean, like, I, I'm always very in awe of Michael's playing, and I've, I was lucky enough to to spend a lot of time with him, and so to hear him playing your guitars, and 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 I think that he's got that natural that natural ability to really showcase a guitar. Um, Absolutely. Really. A lot of his playing is very legato, so it really can accentuate what, what it what it can do. Um, and yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely love those. So, do you um, do you find that? I mean, it must be great to see your guitars played by lots of different musicians. Is it? it and again, it must be awesome to hear hear them with different touches. So, someone that's got a very mm -hmm. light touch compared to someone's got a slightly heavier touch. Um, is there anybody that you haven't yet had play one of your instruments that you would love to get in their hands? Oh my God. Yeah. So many people. So, <laughs> so many people. But the, uh, the top of the list is probably uh, Laura Marling, the uh, kind of singer-songwriter. I've loved her music since her first album. And she's actually been doing some guitar tutorials on Instagram as part of that, the lockdown thing. So I've been watching that and I've just been like, oh my God, should I just like send, just send her a guitar? Um, <laughs> or, yeah, or at least get in touch, you know, but um, so yeah. there's her. Um, and Ben Howard, another wow. kind of singer songwriter. Yeah. I absolutely love him. I think he's amazing. Um, oh, there's, there's just, there's so many, but I, I kind of haven't really as yet gone down the, the, the kind of finding amp it's always been on my on my plan as it were to do like an ambassador scheme where I approach artists with some kind of idea of um, them becoming ambassadors uh, but you know luckily I've kind of been kept busy up until now and it's kind of um, I've been very lucky but it's it, it it would be exciting to kind of maybe start to venture into that field at some point in time yeah definitely that's uh and I, again i'm a big fan of, of, of ben as well so uh, i think that that would be a great fit um got to try yeah. got, now you and i've just got to try and figure out how we can make that happen so yeah if you, if you know where he lives i'll just go around his house well yeah. maybe not when it's social distancing but <laughs> meters but uh here's my guitar. yeah uh, and so what what have you got planned uh other than being very busy um especially with building the doors for your the new spring. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, uh, what does the next sort of uh, half of the year look like for you? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, we did have quite a few shows planned, which obviously we'll wait and see how how that goes. Um, there was one particular Allapool, which is like a guitar yeah. festival up in the north of Scotland. 
um it was planning for that but that, whether that happened so it's kind of i guess i guess the workshop getting the work the workshop up and running is going to be the biggest thing and then just getting heads down and getting on with the getting on with the builds really and like i say always refining um ever more now than maybe before so with this time not having too many distractions it mm. is you do have the ability just to kind of think okay what what do we need to do to to change things or improve things and yeah kind of take the time to do those, those yeah and, and you've got and it is such a beautiful workspace that you work in uh, and also the environment outside is really gorgeous you know out the, yeah the countryside lots of nice grass around um mm. and it's funny that that's again that's something that is that keeps coming up is is because the, the, the world is slightly quieter, there aren't so many emails and there's not so much necessity to feel that you have to, got to be on social media all the time where you can kind of hunker down and, and um, do what you're doing really, it's, you know, yeah. in the shop and stuff. Um, and you are, so just one quick question on social media. So do you find, you know, you, I know that we obviously we, we follow you uh, and, and love the stuff you put out. How do you, how do you sort of go about that it's a funny it's a funny one isn't it social media some people use it um as a sort of a daily thing and some people mm. uh, again just referencing jason he, he's we talked about it with him he, he, he referenced facebook and just that he uses it as a place to almost um you know be proud of what he's just done you know he's sharing what he's achieved with this instrument to the to the world yeah. it's, it's a very it's a real like, like, like as if you're having a conversation with a friend, like as he looks at Facebook as these are my friends and this is what I'm going to yeah. speak about. Um, whereas Instagram mm. might be slightly more, this is just content I'm producing. Do you ever, do you ever try to get involved in that thing? Because it's easy to overthink these things, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, it, it's, on, it's something that we try to do as regularly as, a, as about maybe once a week. I'm not kind of, I try not to get, like overly engaged on it on a daily basis because I I find it I find it too distracting really um but I definitely see the merit of it and I have a dedicated business page where I update you know we take photos of every single guitar that we've made uh where we maybe do a video with Michael or obviously with you guys when you share your content you know we're straight on board with with sharing that stuff um, and it is nice, like you say, it's nice to to show your work um, being fairly isolated naturally in this profession anyway. Mm. It's, you know, I I don't think I've met a luthier that is kind of, you know, doesn't like socialising. So it is kind of, it's a, it's a way for us to, to show our peers as well uh, what we're doing. So it most certainly has its its benefits and its merit and we do try to put um, a consistent amount of time towards it but I also think it's quite surprising how long it takes to just prepare a post for example like yeah. if I if we put together the the photos you know I'll spend like half an hour just putting like a little description of, of <laughs> like what what it is and I'm just like I can't spend this amount of time well you, you can because like I say it's important but I think there's a balance to be struck if yeah. you're spending too much time and then obviously once you post it then people start commenting and you, you reply to them because obviously you, you should uh, yeah. but you just kind of have to be mindful of the time that it is yeah. that it is taking and, tr and try to, to balance it and not get too um <clears throat> too in 
I don't maybe involves not the right word, but kind of too too hooked to it yeah. as like a form of gratification. I think mm-hmm. it can lead you down the wrong path if, if you get too involved in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's even just on a personal level. Um, I yeah. When when posting, I always write something and I, I look at it and I go, yeah, I'm not going to post that. Yeah. yeah, you're just so conscious, aren't you? Of, you know, yeah, what, what what the outcome could be, and and, um, and again, it reverts back to the thing that we were, you know, we first started our conversation. It reverts back to that that the, the show mentality that it's that's why they're so important because obviously you need a, you need an outlet, and that's the, the great thing about social media is that you can you can showcase your work and, and reach people that you might not be able to reach, but you know, meeting that person face to face, whether it's in a shop or whether it's in a show is, is just so, so important. Um, yeah. And to not, you know, not necessarily always be behind a screen, you know? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that is the ultimate, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Cause things can be so, so skewed in, in the digital world that you're just presented with so much stuff that you just really can't tell kind of what's true and what's not. And I guess, perhaps to a certain degree you never can even when you meet in person but I think we're kind of naturally evolved to 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 meet people in the flesh and and that gives us kind of maybe a clearer judgment just you know seeing how people are when you're with them and I think Mm -hmm. the one thing that I learn more and more about especially something like this where things are expensive people wait a long time for something to appear that the level of trust that people place in in like myself and also with you know like the North American guitar to deliver something is huge and we can't really kind of take that for granted and I think if if it if we can meet people in the flesh and that helps build the necessary trust and even you know time after time you might meet somebody and they'll say that's great but go away for another couple of years and when you come back they're like oh you're still here and then that kind of builds more and more and more trust it, it is to a certain degree yeah. like yeah. just building the the level of trust through all all the different means but yeah as well as over time as well I think it's just one of those things that just needs to be done yeah I couldn't put that better myself uh, and and I, I also you know begin on the flip side you know technology is becoming so good that like I, I, this is us having this conversation I and mean, I know that it's essentially a podcast, but you know, we're looking at each other across the screen and it's like we're sat in a room together having a cup, yeah. having a cup of coffee and having a chat. So that um, it is just so nice to, there are so many things that I, I think will come out of this whole, you know, we keep talking about the pandemic, but come out of it, but um, technology wise, that is going to be a real game changer for the world. Um, yeah. And we're even thinking of doing, uh, you know, doing Zoom consultations with customers and, you know, something new, yeah. something new comes in and, you know, we've just had, to, we had some amazing, amazing guitars deliver uh, in this um, mm. period. And rather than taking photos and sending them to a customer and saying, we, you know, this has just arrived, you might like this sort of thing, which we often do with some of our, our sort of regular customers, um, and able, being able to say, do you want me to have a little play for you? Do you want to have a look at it? Um, yeah. We always kind of did that with, you know, we, we, have, we have a thing called co-video that we use. So, you know, if someone expressed an interest in an instrument, we can produce a video for them um, mm. and we then send it to them. But um, this, 
the way of working like this is it's amazing so i think that just mm. for having a wider reach across across the world things like zoom and video con um, consultations fit for instruments um yeah definitely a way forward you know it might be a case of um you myself and a customer might have a three-way yeah. you know which uh, is, yeah. is become the norm um mm. Well, it's always so great to, to check in with you and, uh, and, and so nice to hear how busy you are. Um, and yeah, just, just great yeah. all around. Um, good luck with your booth. <laughs> and my doors. And your doors. I mean, I, mm. I, I would love it if you sent us some pictures. We'd love to see how it's taking shape. If we haven't died in the process, then <laughs> I will. <laughs> I would certainly. Yeah, it's been uh, lovely to chat, and also equally great to see that you're you're adapting in the uh, strange circumstances, and that you're all doing doing well. Well, yeah, it's it's, a, it, like, it's as it's, well as can be. Yeah, it's a funny time, isn't it? I mean, uh, like I said, been this is so. Next week will be the tenth week that I've been on my own in in the in the office basically yeah um, but you know it, it's nice that it's given us i think that in a weird way we've kind of become more connected just because we can mm. do and so as sad and as horrific as as this is i think that there's i think there's some good that's coming out of it that just it's giving, mm. giving the world that pause and giving people you know room to breathe again before it all yeah. kicks off um which it inevitably is going to do um, yeah it's definitely that's definitely a good thing definitely and I think kind of it does times like this often like we've been talking about lead to innovative solutions and questioning why how we did certain things that we did so mm -hmm. if there is going to be good coming from it I think it'll hopefully be different you know plotting different paths and questioning things that we maybe didn't even think about before mm -hmm. Mm, absolutely and um, well send my very best carl i will certainly and congratulations on it was your eighth year anniversary it was yes on wednesday yeah <laughs> well i loved i loved the post that you put talking of social media i love the post that yeah you i know <laughs> do you know that it's funny that we say that because i so rarely post personal things anymore but yeah. i was just like oh, i don't care i'm gonna send i'm Good gonna post you. this one <laughs> for you um, well listen um, can't wait for the new guitars we're gonna do some beautiful build threads and uh, if you get five minutes then of course take as many pictures as you possibly can so that we can we can build them build, build the build threads and we can share them to everybody awesome and I will look forward to hopefully being able to deliver them to you in person again that's what we want that's the goal <laughs> yeah. all right Rosie we'll take all care right. see you very soon take care Ben bye, bye.